Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Budgeting Period, the podcast that is your one-stop shop, your place to figure out where the heck is all your money going? What goals do you have? How do you achieve those goals? What are these things that people talk about that are called sinking funds? All the things that I love and that I want you to love too, because they are truly very simple things that you can infuse into your life that makes your money, makes your life so much easier, helps you sleep at night. And you guys, this isn't rocket science. So I'm here to tell you today how to kind of, you know, take some of these lessons and infuse it into your own life to make the change that you desperately need, which is why you're here listening today, because I know you are desperately needing something. And so hold on to that something in your heart, in your brain, in your mind, and, and really take that along with you as we talk of, I'm going to, we're going to speak with Iman here today, and we're going to just listen to like her story a little bit. She's one of my clients that I had um, a little, a little bit ago, her and her family. And, um, I just like to share stories with you because you are these other people. You are me. We are not these super rich, got an inheritance, changed our lives people. We are on the grind. We're doing the work. Um, and so without further ado, we're going to jump in to this conversation with Iman. Hello there. How are you today? I'm good. Doing well. Just was grading papers before this. So. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that, well, you weren't here before, but um, Iman is a teacher. And when I worked with her, she was an entrepreneur. And so she is just a jack of all trades. And so let's just dive into that. When we were working together, your income was all over the place. You couldn't yeah. predict. You had nobody signing your check. It was all you. And now you kind of have this like inflow regularly of cash. Um, what is that like for you? Yeah. Um, when we started working together, um, that was like two years ago. Um, I was self-employed, um, running a small, um, shared commercial kitchen operation and a starting up an ice cream shop. And, um, there's a lot of reasons why that business didn't work mostly COVID. Um, that that really impacted it and high rent and a couple and a, a landlord that was a little anyway so there's a lot going on there but um when we started working together i i i couldn't pay myself uh very regularly and i definitely wasn't paying myself enough money um to live and one of the reasons really that i decided that the business was not working and I did not want to keep putting energy into it was that that issue of I'm not getting compensated appropriately for what I'm doing and I am worth more than this and even though this is a great business idea and it should work in all in all for all intents and purposes it should work but the should isn't gonna fill your bank account and so I had to make a very, very difficult choice and went to our landlord, who's also one of the investors in the business and said, I can't make this work. I've tried for two years and it's not paying me. And I can't keep putting myself beneath everything for this. Um, we are not independently wealthy, my partner and I. We started the business with a significant loan that is. It, it has a lien on our house still, and we can get into that, but it, it just, we just had to, we just had to cut it off because it wasn't working for our family. 
family. And that is a, I, I know a lot of small business owners who keep taking out loans or keep doing that. And it's like, well, in the end of the day, are how much of a part of the budget are you for that business? And it turns out I wasn't a line item on the budget. So if I'm not in the budget, who's running the business? So that's kind of the, the realization I had and, and it was painful and difficult and there's still a lot of grief, but I think I have learned a lot and I've learned how to value myself and my time better through that process. I'm like, my head is spinning right now because as an entrepreneur, we have entrepreneurs listening. We are in this world of, you should have more than one stream of income. So I think a lot of people can relate to this. My heart is like broken for you and having to make that decision of, I I am a line item that's worth more than this. And this business proves itself. Ice cream shops work out, right? The business model isn't bad. Um, COVID. It's just like all these other external factors that are just like truly, truly against us. Right. And it doesn't matter how much you love your business. It doesn't matter how many hours you put in. Um, Mm -hmm. and the thing that I specifically love about your story is, you know, you're feeling the struggle of, am I even paying myself enough? Um, you have a lean on your house with your business and you're still willing to reach out to me for help about, how do I just get better at my money or how do I manage what money I do have? And can you talk about, cause yeah. that's something that I hear quite a bit are people saying I'm in debt. I can't afford to pay somebody to get out of debt. Like that makes yeah. no sense to me. And I, and yeah. I always bring it back to like, you have to invest in yourself if you want to see this change. So what was going through your brain yeah. at that point? Well, it was the, the thing that really forced me, my hand and it's funny, people say that they don't have money. I um, I had overdrawn on my bank account. Again, not the business bank account, but my personal bank account. And I was 35 years old. I turned 35 that November. And I said, this is the last time this is going to happen. I cannot be 35 and not understand how my money works. This is a I've been practicing yoga for like 20 years now, since I was 16 and meditation every day for the past 10 years. And that introspectiveness has taught me a lot. And that had never applied to my financial life. It was something that I was like, I don't understand this. I'm never going to understand it. And I was like, nope you can, and you will, and you have to, Mm. like you are not getting out of this without walking through this fire. So you have to do it. And I'm really big on, I'm on walking through the fire. (laughs) Um, So, and it is not for the faint of heart to go back and look at your (laughs) transaction transactions for the past three months. Let me tell you, it was, I was experienced a lot of shame and, um, and, and had to walk through that. And my partner and I, I had to watch both of ours, you know, look at our financial history for the past three months. Um, and it was very tough, but, you know, I told him, I said, I know I just overdrafted on my bank account, but if we want to see a change, we need to invest in this. I know it's going to be, I think it was like, what, just under shy of a thousand, you know, $900 yeah. or something. And I said, I, I really I really believe in, in, in making a change here. And like, let's say you want to change in your relationship with your partner. You're like, I'm going to invest in therapy. 
there's nothing more like right now with our, we have two children. I was like, with two children, do we want this to be our financial pattern? Absolutely not. Do I want to live like how, you know, like that? No. So we, we made the decision that it was worth it. And he fortunately, um, was able to pay himself, my partner enough that we, um, we used his money to, to pay for it, which was difficult for me to even ask him, even though we'd been married for six years and we didn't share our financial life still. So that was something that really changed for us while working with you was like, oh, my problem is your problem because we're married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and, and that's a, that was like a huge shift for us because yeah. I was shouldering all of the debt and also poor financial decision making alone. Yeah. And wasn't able, didn't feel like I could ask for help. And so the first step for me was a like anything recognizing that there's a problem b asking for help and c investing in the help and mm. that's what and i think there's so many like good nuggets there like walking through the fire for some people myself included it was fire it like was this like shameful act of looking at because i was this person that was so proudful um i worked all these jobs and i was doing the responsible mm. thing i was paying my student loans like how come i'm not making any progress and then weird. I look at my transactions and I'm like, Oh, this is where all my money is going. I'm really not that broke. I'm just, and I remember you and I used to joke and people, we get to the point where we can like laugh about this. It's like kind of, it can be sad and depressing and scary minute one. But then we got, I remember we got to the point of coaching where we would um, joke about your husband eating out all the time. Was it like Leanne Chen? Again, another mansion. I was like, wow, I've never seen where his money goes. And it was at that point, it was his money and my money. And it was very funny. It was like, wow, yeah. how many times in one month did he eat out at mansion? So it's we still a different- joke in our family. Is I'm like, it? oh yeah. But you know what is funny is now he uses his personal bank account for, for that, like those sort of frivolous expenses. And I, we can talk more about how we like, yeah. The other side of things. Uh, uh, and then our, our joint bank account is like for the things that we all share. But if he wants to go eat at Lian Chin, I don't have to see it anymore. It's really, really lovely. <laughs> and it, it's funny because like for, there are some people listening and there's like the hardest part, the, like the obstacle for them is like talking to their spouse to like be, yeah. because especially if you're the person, even if you share money with your spouse, one person is usually involved more than the other person is. And yeah. so it's not fair to you, the person that's holding all the burden and the shame and the guilt and yeah. your spouse is having a good old time. You guys have the exact same finances, but yeah. one person just like naturally stresses out and obsesses over it. And that's not fair either. And so like, this is a lesson that like, you can start off with like, what the heck is going on being two totally different places and then get to the point where you're joking about Lian Chen and then get past that even and like figure out a resolution to Lian Chen. So yeah. what is it? And Derek and I have his and her money as well, where it's like, I don't care how much he spends on whatever video game that he's buying. I honestly don't even know how much they cost because if I saw it coming out of our joint account, I'd probably have a panic attack. Yeah. And so it's in like his money and it's not a big yeah. deal and it's not even a fight. And so I think that's, those are like really good nuggets because it can, it can be overwhelming at first, but there is a light at the other end. 
There definitely is. I actually, I actually didn't know that I could be financially stable. I didn't Mm. think I never knew that there was a place beyond paycheck to paycheck. I didn't know that I could live without a credit card. I do not, we paid off. Well, we paid off our credit card twice over. Now we, the first time we paid it off within a year, a year after starting to work with you. And this is like, we were, Joe was on unemployment. Like it was crazy. We were like, not, you know, but he's also a musician. And so, and then I was, you know, paying myself from a little bit of consulting and, and then the business just a little bit. And, and we, we figured it out and we made it work. We had a really strict budget, but we had, I had never, I had never operated uh, a budget in a, in a real way before. I think I had tried to do it when I was just out of college and thought, and, and I was making a ton of money at that time. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> um, and I couldn't pay my, you know, I was like overdrafting then. And I'm like, wow, you have children or a mortgage. What were you doing? Um, <laughs> but it's like, you can't, you don't know what you no. don't know. Um, and so you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive your past self for not knowing. And it's okay. I have a lot of compassion for that person that was just so muddled by my, you know, growing up also not, not having the resources and not knowing how to manage them. Um, but then now it's like, we, and I'm just like, I am also just such a, such a, I'm so enthusiastic about it. Sometimes I like share to people. I'm like, wow, like we've been like, we've been sinking money into our Christmas account. And this is like the first year at Christmas where we don't have to send out an email. that's like, Hey, can we like watch the budget at Christmas? Like we're like, yeah, we just going to ball out for Christmas. We got everything <laughs> we need. We've been saving all year, putting the money in it. I remember that being a conversation, the email to send out to family because we have these family members that love Christmas and they spend all out yeah. and we feel guilty for not being yeah. at their level. And so what do we do? We spend all out and then January happens and we're in debt. Yeah. yeah. And then we we now are at a point like we paid for the yoga. I go on a yoga retreat. That's um, it's well over a thousand dollars, you know, to do it. And I go every year and I, um, and this is the first time it hasn't been on a payment plan. You know, it was just like, I paid it off. I had the money in the bank and I paid it off because I'd been, it had been a budget item all year. And I never realized that that was a thing. Like, who knew you could do that? Um, so, uh, it was amazing. I really think though, like the, the big kicker for us was like combining our finances and saying, my debt is your debt because you married me, you married my debt and you all are going to have feelings about that. And I'm going to have feelings about that, but you know what? We can live with those feelings. What we can't live with is us being in separate corners of the same room. Like this is not okay. Um, so that really like gave us like a shared purpose um, of like, okay, we're going to attack this debt. How are we going to do it? And we made a game plan and we stuck to our budget and we were very, we're not like crazy, crazy, but we're, we're, we are on a budget. And, and even now that we're like two months ahead of our expenses, we're, we're on a budget. The only way that that works is to stay on the budget. Cause once you're like, oh, but we have enough money. It's like, no, you have to live like this until there's really, truly, you're really, truly not for want, you know, it's like, and, and even so I think it's important to say, no, you know, like, let's make sure that this 
cash flows through the year. Um, and yeah. so I, I've learned that skill, but it, it's a huge pattern shift. Um, uh, and when we talk about, when I, when I think about yoga, this is like very much, I was joking. I remember when we worked together, I was like, this is like yoga for money. Like you have to shift your patterns and your habits, um, of mind and, um, and then actually what you're doing. Um, and so even, even though you're talking about being on this like strict budget, like you're also talking about like going to a yoga retreat annually yeah. and like balling out at Christmas. And so like people, like you were in charge of your own budget, you can put whatever you yeah. want in your budget. And I think yeah. that's what we don't understand. We think that it's just yeah. going to be this thing that tells us no all the time, but sure. We have to say no to some things because we can't buy everything. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? <laughs> um, but if we can decide what we truly get to say yes yeah. to. Well, and I think that was really important saying like, what goes into our budget is what we truly value. And looking at a budget as a line of, of, of all the line items are our values. What do we value enough to pay our hard earned money for? So like, obviously we have our true expense, like our house, we have to pay for childcare. That's like kind of non-negotiable. Those sort of things that are non-negotiables are at the top. And we also, but what we put in our grocery budget is a value because we buy local food and we buy a CSA. And so those are like part of our values yeah. that get reflected in our budget. And other people might budget differently for groceries than we do, but because we were farmers and because we value local food and that system and changing that system, we're like, no, we, this is an investment. Yeah. Um, and so for us, it is an investment. And so it looks different than other people perhaps, but, um, and then yoga retreat, that's something that it's like, that to me feels non-negotiable. So how can we make that appear in the budget Exactly. And, and how do we work it into each month so that it doesn't blindside you when you, the bill comes due. And, um, and so, and, and having been CSA farmers, it's really like made so much sense once we started doing it this way. It was like, Oh, it's kind of like a CSA, like, you know, or like where you, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's so much like running a business or like you're getting money, but you're holding it for a certain time until yeah. the checks come due. But it's like, looking at it that way. But yeah, I, I do look at our, our budget as a values-based thing. And, and another thing was like kidding myself that I don't need clothes, like not putting <laughs> money in the clothes bucket. And it was right. like, what you need clothes. Like you can't put $0 in there and you can't yeah. even put 50, like you have to put the right amount of money in and looking at our expenses past, like three months past was really important of saying like, you know, maybe we could cut back here and there, but like, you have to be realistic about what you're actually going to spend money on, um, so that you don't feel ashamed when you actually do spend the money. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, what I always tell people is like, your budget is not going to be perfect day one. Like I remember no. I quit my budget at least like I, I pay for an app and I deleted the app like at least two times. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's when you start tracking your expenses and 
people, if you're like, oh my God, that sounds like the worst thing to me, like stick with me. Because if you just track your expenses for a little bit, to your point, Iman, you will know how much do I averagely spend on clothing? Like, I don't feel like I do, but like, I obviously spent something because I bought this shirt last week. And so like, I just need a number, right? And so your budget will just give you that number and you don't have to stress about, well, how much should I save? I'm going to save this much, but then it's not going to be enough. Then I'm going to beat myself up because I'm failing at something. And so it's just like data that it's giving you. You. And the longer yeah. that you do it, like Derek could tell you how much we spend on toilet paper per day, probably like the longer that you do it, <laughs> the yeah. more data, the more data you have and the easier it becomes. And then as you kind of build that cushion in your checking account, you're no longer living that paycheck to paycheck that we all relate to. Right. Then when you spend $50 extra on groceries, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. It's not like a, this is going to be a negative for my account situation. No. And, and what we've learned to do too, is like, there's sometimes you have a little padding somewhere and then we just, cause we use YNAB and I can't say enough. I really love uh, that, love. that, that app. And I check it like every two days and definitely know how much is left in our, you know, each budget item. So it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, we're making a decision about like, oh, should we eat from the pantry? Like at the end of the month, a little bit, just like, yeah. and it is a little false sense of like, oh, you know, we could just pull from whatever, but it's like, no, there's a little bit of like discipline involved. And I think people balk at the word discipline, but I, I actually embrace it a lot. And, and it doesn't mean that there's, it's inflexible. It just means that sometimes that discipline is important and it, it does help things work smoothly. And, Um, and for me, when I can see a line item of like, I overspent on clothing. And that's always a good example for me because I hate the clothing category. Like (laughs) I buy things like at thrift stores and like clothing just doesn't like do it for me. Right. Um, but when I have to pull money, like from vacation for clothing, that's that like a real. lesson learned. That's like, a was, yep. that, was that tank top at target worth it? Definitely not. And so I think when, cause people always ask like, I don't know, I have like six grand in my checking and I feel like I'm really, really, really rich, but they don't realize that they have a $2,000 mortgage about to come out and they have a $1,500 credit card bill. Like yep. you're actually not that rich, but when we have it in an app, a tool, whatever you want to use a notebook, a spreadsheet, and it actually lays out how much money is in each category. I think it helps a little bit. Yeah, no, it helps immensely. Um, yeah, I, I think we, we just, again, like we, it's not like we had no idea what our expenses were, but I think coming from us, it was like, we didn't really know how much we were making per month because so much of it was, um, just not coming from so many different streams. So when we joined it all together, it was like, this is how much money you have. You cannot spend more money a month than that, because that's how much you have. And if you spend more money a month than that, then you are going to end up in this place of like having a deficit by the end of the, you know, calendar year or wherever, but it will, it will come around and it'll it bite up. And then I have a friend too, who's self-employed and she's like, well, I don't know, like each month it's different. I'm like, well then track for a year and then make an average, like mm. just make an average. And then, then you have your average per month. So that like that, whatever January covers into February or whatever, you know? Um, so that was my advice to her. I was like, you should just track for a year and then track. 
Yeah. Just track. And like no judgment track. Yeah. Like don't, maybe, maybe you're not at the point where you're like, I'm ready to have a little bit more discipline about my spending. Maybe it's just like, I just want to know how much money I make. The clarity that that brings might shift things is what all, uh, what I'm aware of for myself. It was like, awareness is the first yes. step. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, and that's why I have the 90 day expense tracker as like exercise number one. When I work with people, that's the 30 days or the, um, looking the three months. That's what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's because when you know better, you do better. Right. I truly believe that, um, we all are trying to do our best, but we just don't know what we're supposed to be doing. And when we don't know where our money is going, we don't even know where we can begin to change our habits. Yeah. And I think you, you touched on a really good thing. I think if you don't know how much money you make or what your expenses are, just track them and then go with um, like the average middle of the road, if not a little bit lower, especially for you entrepreneurs. If you like my income is up and down every single month, they hear that all the time. Let's start with like a low base income and let's try to live mm -hmm. off of that. And then anything more than that is we're going to consider that bonus. And then mm -hmm. as you grow your business, you can creep that number up slowly over time and you can pay yourself more, but it allows you to just get a little bit more ahead of the game. That way you can have expenses to cover those down months when you're making less than you need to survive on. And, um, you're mm -hmm. not beating yourself up over it. And I think another thing I wanted to quick touch on that you said earlier on, um, with your, with your spouse and you having kind of all the debt, I think it doesn't matter. Even if you're not married people, I'm going to say, if you just live with somebody or you share money with somebody, this applies to you. Um, but by Iman, by you, struggling and like having all this debt and having income that's all over the place. And you're trying to reach these goals, you doing all of that. And your spouse having like a semi-regular income that like does nothing for the family, right? That, no. that doesn't help anybody. And Derek and I went through the same thing when we got married, we combined everything. Cause I even got to the point where I was like, even if you have an extra hundred bucks that you're sitting on and I have an extra hundred bucks that I'm sitting on individually, we'd probably blow it on something stupid. But if that was an extra $200 in our joint account, like, I feel like we yeah. would have done something differently with that. I agree. And we didn't have a joint bank account before working with you. We both had separate bank accounts and I have all the student debt, all of yeah. it. He has no student debt. Um, my father's an immigrant. And so we grew up differently, very differently. Um, and just really different financial realities. My parents didn't have savings. Like they couldn't send me to college. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's different for both of us. Um, and so it was just that recognition of like, oh, we need to, we need to like align here. We need to join forces and attack something that's bigger than us. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so we did, we did not attack the student debt because that was a choice that we made not to attack it. And to say like, that'll just be there. And but that's went. a choice that you made. Like that is in and of itself. Like the fact that you proactively made that decision is huge. We, we just feel fine about it, but the, yeah. the credit card debt needed to go and my bottoming out every month needed to go and my stress about it needed to go. And I actually feel very empowered now looking at our budget and I'm sort of we have budget meetings once a month still where we just kind of sit down and we think about like, okay, is this the right amount for these categories still? How much are you going to make this month? How many weddings are you going to play? Um, what's that going to mean for our income? Uh, do we have any extra? Do we want to go to France next year? Like, what are we doing? Um, and it's really been a time of connection for us. And, yes. and I really feel like being in on the separate 
parts, like having two separate bank accounts and like trying to attack things individually, we didn't feel a lot of connection in that area of our life. And we weren't really able to like think about joint goals in the same way. Yes. It was like, how much are you contributing? How much am I contributing? Now it's like, how much are we making for our family? So I love that so much. I think you gave us so many good lessons in just like talking with your partner and getting through some of the fires that can feel overwhelming and impossible and knowing that you too can get to get through anything, but this debt, you can't get through that if you don't tackle it together. Mm -hmm. Um, and just being okay to ride the wave because you never know what happens to your income. You never know what happens to you, your expenses. And so I want to thank you again for chatting with me. Um, it's so great to hear your story and I hope everyone else that this inspires you because you too can make the change in your life. You just kind of have to, like Iman said, go through the fire. And so thank you again, everyone. This is another episode of budgeting period and be sure to tune in next time.